0: Hi everyone, and welcome to this episode of Creativity Sucks, a podcast from Creative Review Magazine. Today we're going to be discussing the demographic of the moment, which is Gen Z, or maybe Gen Z, depending on where you are in the world. Roughly defined as being aged between 11 and 26 years old, Gen Z are rapidly taking over from millennials as being the latest obsession of brands and ad agencies. And they apparently have quite different attitudes and ideas to the generations that have come before them, which is what we're going to try and get to grips with in this show. I'm Eliza Williams, Creative Reviews Editor, and I'll be your host for this episode, where I will be assisted by three excellent guests. Barry McLennan, who is Head of Content at Mother Ad Agency in London. Stephen Mai, founder and CEO of Media Brand Woo. And Efemina Akogba who is CEO of creative agency, The Digital Fairy. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi, Thank
1: you. Hi. Thank you. Great to be here.
0: So to kick us off, I think we might just set the scene by just discussing in broad terms why brands are particularly interested in this generation. Uh, Effie, I'm going to come to you first. What what do you think is, is really drawing brands to this generation at the moment?
2: So I think there's so many things that we're seeing um, in our day-to-day work and a digital fairy that's really attracting brands to this generation. I think the main thing is this idea or perception that um, Gen Z are the generation to help future proof a lot of brands. They're coming into an age where they have more purchasing power and decision-making power than ever. Um, and that's why brands' lens in terms of their target audience has really shifted Um In some ways, it feels quite dramatically from millennials being the flavor of the month to um, the Gen Z or Gen Z demographic now being the target that everybody's desperate to um, reach and become relevant to. I definitely think it's this idea that now this younger generation is coming into the, the age of their life cycle where they have more purchasing power and decision making power, which is making them more relevant than ever to speak to and connect with.
0: Yeah. And I mean, is this a case of the brands always being obsessed with youth, Stephen? Is, is it purely about that? Or is there something else that this this audience is particularly making interesting at the moment?
1: Well, I think 100% brands have always been obsessed with youth. Like that hasn't changed in any generation as far as I know. But I think the maybe key fundamental differences is actually maybe there would have been, even a generation ago, you could kind of speak to Gen X and maybe the millennials would still kind of like buy into it. But I think there has been kind of a bit of a cultural shift in terms of, I guess like how Gen Z think and behave and actually some of the things that might have worked for millennials might actually be genuinely off-putting, whereas I think the other way around there seems to be less of a clash. So my theory and kind of what we do at Woo is we use Gen Z as our muse and we kind of like listen to their, you know, the behaviors in terms of how they consume content, how they speak to each other, how they want to be entertained with the idea that actually the rest of the generations will eventually kind of adapt their way of being. So it actually makes the most sense to go with the future of the world, but also the generation that will probably dictate how the rest of the other generations will eventually communicate.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Barry, is that your experience too? That there there are differences with this generation that are, you know that are not just about this kind of marketing obsession with with youth, but a different way of operating. One hundred percent. I think
3: you know, honestly, Gen Z are leading the way in terms of how we consume content, we consume media, um, and I do think I think it's it's true that there is that kind of vanity piece around. You know, advertising and branding's kind of obsession with youth that, kind of, I guess, to Effie's point, has been there since, you know, the dawn of time. And, you know, 10 years ago, everybody was talking about millennials. But, you know, if we look at kind of the way that kind of social media is accelerating things, kind of use of platforms, kind of the decentralization in terms of how we create content. Everything that's happening right now, it's really sparking from Gen Z and then kind of to Stephen's point, it's filtering out into other audiences. So whilst I do think that there's a little bit of a vanity to it, I do think that there's kind of a, a real um, case for kind of looking to Gen Z and Gen Alpha as well in terms of kind of where the industry is going to go and where content's going to go.
0: Sticking with you, Barry, if you were going to kind of sum up these things, what are the kind of things you mean when you say that a particular to this generation? Can you kind of describe what it is that that makes them different? I think that kind
3: of a lot of marketers make the mistake of kind of thinking that it's about kind of personality traits and almost treat Gen Z like this one kind of big homogenous mass that have this collective personality. Um, But I think it's much more helpful to zoom out and kind of think about it more in terms of the way that kind of culture has influenced their behavior more more broadly. So kind of rather than focusing in on stereotypes and kind of these characteristics that don't really speak to anyone individually and kind of end up, um, yeah, kind of, Kind of painting a portrait of someone that doesn't really exist. I think it's much more helpful to kind of think about the fact that, I guess, Gen Z were the the first generation that really fully grew up with the internet and were kind of plugged in since birth, essentially. And naturally, that has a huge impact on how they consume media and just what they expect from content. So you hear a lot of people kind of talk about Gen Z being kind of chronically online. And I guess what that means is kind of, they view content and advertising through a completely different lens from, different, from other generations. To be honest, a lens which I think is a bit more realistic at best and pragmatic, but sometimes can be a little bit cynical as well.
0: Okay, interesting.
3: Effie, is this your experience too? Yeah, I would definitely say um,
2: the one thing for me that stands out about Gen Z versus other generations is that their viewpoint, um, and thus the lens through which they create a lot of content, can be a bit more nihilistic than millennials, definitely than Gen X and boomers. So there's always this super subversive, sometimes dark, but sometimes delivered with a lot of levity and humor undertone to. Um, the way that they speak to each other, the content that they produce, their viewpoint on brands. Um, and I think that nihilism, as very just said, is really driven by um, lots of external factors that have impacted the way that they experience the world. So from everything from Brexit to um, the Trump era and so on and so forth, there's been almost, um this kind of back-to-back um huge social issues that have affected gen z to a point where they feel like um there is no hope sometimes um and i think because of that marketers and brands have a harder job um and they are more difficult to connect with and reach because they do have that super cynical mindset which I think is quite healthy in in some respects. So I would definitely say that there is this thing that bonds Gen Z in terms of their nihilism, but I also think there's a lot of differences and idiosync- idiosyncrasies within this generation, and I don't think we should so easily kind of try and categorise them and pigeonhole them into one box. A lot of the research we've done um, speaking to Gen Z creators and Tastemakers and activists speaks a lot about how um, they really want to be celebrated for their their individual traits and their differences versus um, this marketing term that's kind of being applied as a catch-all. And I think the brands that win with Gen Z um, are the ones who are really leaning into the difference and the personalization and those individual stories versus um, trying to speak to them with a broad with, with like a broad brush.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting because, I mean, I'm sure everyone actually finds these generational brackets quite irritating, right? But I guess if there is a sort of cynicism about, I don't know, being talked down to maybe, then uh, then that would be especially annoying. Um, Stephen, I'm sort of, I'd like to bring you in again here. I mean... You've just recently started a creative agency to sort of help brands navigate this um, this audience. Is your experience chiming with Effie and Vary's one?
1: A hundred percent. Well, I think just generally every demographic is a contradiction, right? Because we're human. You could be obsessed with something premium and just love lo-fi. And I think Gen Z is a really clear ex- example of that contradiction. I mean, people talk about their short attention spans, but they're also the same people that like almost created a culture around binge watching TV shows for eight hours at a time. They, We talk about how much everything should be lo-fi and how that resonates, but actually some of like using streaming again, like are the most premium shows ever produced in television in the history of um entertainment. So um I think there's definitely like, you know, I think there are, are traits that you can Identify and you can look at behaviors, but I think, yeah, there has to be a more nuanced approach to kind of speaking to this generation. So, there's definitely a contradiction, but I guess the other thing is like how they think and how they behave are a result of the evolution of culture, like through Gen X, through millennials. So, if you think about it now, because millennials were talking about things like mental health, because they were talking things about race issues and all these other things, like People in this generation now have the language, they can identify issues, they can kind of see things. I guess like the evolution of that is like, what are the solutions, now what? We ha- we're armed with the information, what do we do beyond that? And I think that's where like, Woo comes in as a platform that is not trying to deny the reality that exists, But also acknowledging that they just come through a pandemic, that they are living in this world that feels quite depressing and toxic. And actually, they're probably seeking optimism and solutions so they feel less helpless about the things that are going on.
3: I think it's super interesting kind of how you said, Stephen, that, you know, millennials, Gen X have kind of set the stage for Gen Z and kind of given them that shared language. I think what's super interesting about that is sometimes that's kind of in a positive sense in terms of, you know, millennials opening up the conversation about mental health, like you mentioned, but also some Sometimes it's almost given them something to kind of rile against and kind of rub up against. Right. So I've kind of um, been thinking a lot recently about kind of um, the, the death of girl boss culture and kind of the hustle culture that millennials brought in and how kind of Gen Z have really changed and are starting to completely shift kind of how we approach work. And ultimately, if boomers and Gen X hadn't set the stage of this linear career ladder, and then millennials hadn't come in and said, no, like, I want more than that. I want a side hustle. I want to work, work, work. Then Gen Z wouldn't have come in and kind of said, hey, wait a minute. Like, where's the balance? Like, where's the passion in this? Where, where's my life in all of this? So I think kind of your point around the fact that all of these things fit together and almost lead on to the next kind of evolution, using that language that the kind of previous generation set up, I think is super interesting.
2: I love that point around seeing it every day. I think we all have the pleasure of working with a lot of Gen Zers um, in our workplaces. And I feel like the difference between um, Gen Z's Z's approach to work and how they show up and what matters to them versus Millennials, even though in some instances there could be a three or five year difference, is quite stark and really interesting to dive into. I think. With Gen Z, they're just so open and vocal about their boundaries when it comes to work, when it comes to their mental health, this idea of work-life balance, this idea of what defines them. Work isn't a defining characteristic in the same way that it has been for millennials and previous generations. And there's this idea that for Gen Zers. Um, they're trying to express themselves and their individuality and what matters to them. And that can be expressed through work, but it also is expressed in so many other ways in other areas of their life. Whereas to your point, um, vary on the kind of death of the girl boss for millennials. I think so many of us grew up with this idea or concept that, through work that can fuel us being able to buy a house or um, climb the career ladder. And that was kind of the epitome of success. And I think Gen Z have really reshaped and redefined what success means, particularly post-pandemic and post, you know, other earth-shattering things that are going on in the sustainability um, space. So I think that's a really interesting um, point of difference for those generations.
0: So let's stick with this for a little bit. I think it's really interesting especially because I hear a lot from uh older generations in the workplace that they feel quite lost as to how to manage this situation that that everything you're saying really chimes with what people are experiencing but what nobody seems to know quite what to do is how to bring everyone together I suppose because there does seem to be this slight division or or difference. Stephen what would you advise I mean how and how much are, are Gen Z's actual voices getting properly heard, do you think? Because like, the, the, these two things feel slightly related to me.
1: Yeah, so I think, like, for our business, for example, we have a fairly flat structure. So especially at the beginning, we were kind of, like, really working with a lot of people in that demo. And, you know, like, it is, there is a complete, vast difference between, like, you know, my day's at Vice versus kind of, like, what this media business is like, you know there's definitely that hustle culture has evolved because like, you know, there are lots of boundaries. We try to create spaces for people to feed back and it's not, I guess, like a top-down structure. That being said, like we take a lot of the insights that we hear from our team and I guess like maybe some of the more experienced members then evolve that into something that becomes the brand that they engage with because like, you know, there's a level of experience that is super important, so it's almost like figuring out that way to channel that enthusiasm and all those ideas um, into something that feels tangible and executable.
0: Yeah. Okay. And Barry, are you are you finding that that same thing? I mean, do you feel at it, it, mother? For for example, that there's that the Gen Z generation are operating differently, and are are they given enough kind of voice within the agency? In that
3: yeah, i I think you know I would touch on the same point that Stephen made around hierarchy, really, and I think you know here at Mother, we've always been fairly flat, I would say, in comparison to kind of a lot of the rest of kind of the advertising industry, which I think can be very hierarchical,
0: especially with since the pandemic as well, a lot of what I hear is a desire from sort of older generations to basically return to what it was like before. With those sort of hierarchical structures being part of that, and um, and a lot of resistance from younger generations, and and seemingly it does, there seems to be kind of a, a clash there in a sense. I mean, Effie, do, would you agree that the answer is is to tr- is for companies really to to really address these hierarchies and kind of find ways for, uh, different ways of working?
2: Yeah, I I would totally agree. I would say here is something we've had to navigate. Um, here at Digi alongside the rest of the industry we um, were an agency very much created by a young person at the time 10 years ago a young millennial who felt that um, the wider kind of advertising industry needed help to like navigate what internet and digital culture meant for young people and how they show up authentically um, in that space and so as um, our founder kind of aged up we've always tried to keep that idea of youth really having the reins of um, our creative ideas and our strategy and how um, we help brands to interpret what's happening in culture and conversation. We've always tried to keep our agency like really fueled by that kind of idea of next gen creatives and next gen strategists driving it, and um, consequently, our structure has always been quite flat until the past six months really where we started to bring in more hierarchy and interestingly the request for hierarchy came from our team um wanting to understand what progression meant for them um and so we've kind of navigated um putting in hierarchy together in a way that feels um, more intentional and more healthy and not hierarchy for the sake of it but hierarchy to ensure that um, everybody's ideas um, are able to be actioned and executed, that everybody feels like they have a seat at the table in like, making the decisions, in um, shaping what good looks like for our business in terms of like flexible working, in terms of benefits, in terms of the, the brands we work with. So I think, I, I believe Stephen mentioned this earlier, like really ensuring that everyone in the agency and these young and diverse voices that You brought into your companies are um, a part of that feedback loop and not only just a part of the feedback loop, but helping to execute an action. Those things is super, super important to making workplaces, you know, places that um, Gen Z can really
0: thrive. What you were saying then is really interesting because it's uh, constantly flexing, isn't it, to what's needed? I suppose it's not just um, not just finding one one way of doing it and standing still. It's kind of listening and and really responding. Which again, I'm from Gen X, so I'm way beyond <laughs> this uh, generation. But I feel like what one of the downsides of uh, of my work experience over the years has been that there can be a sense where people talk about this stuff but then never do it, and maybe. Maybe this younger generation is really forcing it now.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think there's this idea that whether it's work, their their personal lives, the brands that they're consuming, there's this real accountability that Gen Z are forcing, you know, everyone in these spaces to have. You have to really be able to um, show the action behind everything that you're saying and not be performative. Um, And so I found it actually really... Um, inspiring in many ways to work with Gen Z um, and find it very inspiring every day um, and as a millennial um, it's forced me to like relook at how I approach everything work creativity expression um yeah how I show up as a marketeer um, but yeah I think it's I think it's definitely. This idea of constantly having a really transparent and open feedback loop with Gen Z, where they feel that their feedback is actually listened to and actioned. And also that it's an iterative process that is not just one chance a year. You know, um, I'm sure a lot of us in our work experience, we've worked at places where there's one one appraisal a year where you get to give feedback and there's no other opportunity to be able to shape the business that you spend so much time in every day we have monthly feedback sessions here at Digi for example we do a lot of listening to um, our teams in order to make them really feel their value and really feel that everything that they're contributing to the business and to the project work that we do um
3: is like truly listened to and they have the reins. I would add to that as well, it's like 100%. Obviously, we want to make sure that everybody's super happy in their job and feels like they're being heard. But I think also that's reflected in the work too. So, you know, I think if there are kind of any brands or agencies out there who sort of don't want to listen to these young voices that's going to shine through in the work that they put out in the world that's targeting this audience right and obviously we talked earlier about the fact that they do have this slightly more attuned slightly more cynical eye and if you don't have the right voices in the room i think it's so tempting to just start to lean into these kind of stereotypes of what this generation like or what this generation want i've even seen on tiktok comments on on ads with people saying this looks like it was made by a millennial for gen z they're so attuned in in that in that sense right it's super important from a well-being perspective it's super important just for everybody having a, a nice time at work but also like there's a real real kind of business imperative to make sure that we're kind of um, really champion championing these young voices as well
1: i guess on top of that as well though i i think it's super important to kind of have like I guess, at a more senior level to be reflective of the world that Gen Z kind of occupy. So that means like having, you know, execs that aren't all like that are diverse, that are across like the gender and sexuality spectrum, because actually that's just more reflective of the world that they exist and the one that they demand to be reflected. And if you have like exec teams that are all, you know, white and male, then actually, inherently, you're already creating a structure that isn't reflective of the world that they live in, and um, potentially limit, like, um, how you get the most out of that younger generation.
3: 100%. And I think in terms of, you know, that point that we had around hierarchy before, it's not about abolishing all hierarchy, people need role models and, and people to look up to. But it's about making sure that, they feel like they have a role model or someone to look up to that reflects them and someone that they feel comfortable going to and speaking to about things as well like couldn't agree more it's it's so important
0: is some of it also having leaders who will admit they don't know everything and don't know all the answers because some of what we're talking about here is that the younger generation coming through does have like wisdom and knowledge around content ideas digital that older people may may not understand and I think we're so used to kind of this idea that if you're older you know you you know it all right and so is it partly that people have to be open to to admitting they might not know all the answers
1: i 100 agree but i also think a lot of that is also tied to i think the younger generations because they're more emotionally intelligent they respond a lot to vulnerability because like it's clear that nobody can know everything and experience is valuable but it isn't the be and end or so i think like being able to kind of admit your mistakes and kind of like demonstrate the gaps and really kind of engage with people to help fill in not only will they feel more engaged and that they're contributing but actually it's a sign that you're kind of like I guess like more in tune with potentially the way people are thinking today.
3: Absolutely and people talk a lot about kind of Gen Z embracing imperfection when they talk about kind of content trends and the fact that the kind of the age of the polished Instagram grid is dead and kind of the TikTok aesthetic and all of that kind of stuff. But actually, I think it's a lot bigger than that. It's not just about the way that these young people are kind of presenting their content online from an aesthetic perspective. It's about the way that, like you said, they're being emotionally vulnerable and opening up online and offline. It's just a completely different way of being in the world. And I have to say for me, like I've found kind of working with a bunch of Gen Z's who very much think that way, super, super inspiring. And kind of to Eliza's point before about being willing to admit that we don't know it all, I've, I've, I've learned a lot kind of from, from working with my team and kind of in turn, I've, I think I've opened up a lot more and become kind of a lot more emotionally vulnerable at work because of that and kind of not the other way around. So, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah, it seems a benefit to everyone, really. I want to sort of uh, talk about brands because I feel like, this is a very good description of how maybe companies need to think. And, you know, obviously this applies to within brands as well. But in terms of the actual content they're producing, are we sort of saying that the content needs to, I spe- I hate the word authentic now because it's become one of those words that everyone bandies about. But is it ultimately that brands do need to to have that authenticity or, they, or will they be rejected by this generation quite quickly? Effie, what do you think?
2: I mean, I think we see it almost every day on... <laughs> TikTok or Instagram or or Twitter, um, this idea of like a performative, whether it's performative activism or performative, you know, diversity and inclusion and casting, Gen Z are very perceptive at calling brands out and holding them to, to account if they feel like they're not being authentic or they're not truly investing in the audiences or communities or spaces that they're then utilising or leveraging in their advertising or their marketing content. So I feel like Gen Z are the generation that have really held a lot of brands and even content creators or their peers themselves to account for a perceived inauthenticity. Um, And I think it's really important because brands these days, well, the way that Gen Z approach them, Brands need to have like fully fleshed out personalities and identities themselves. It's not enough just to be present on a platform and to push out content and think that it's going to work. Gen Z really need to understand your your kind of politics, your ethics, your um, sustainability um, chain as as important as kind of the visual identity and tone of voice and talent that you work with. So I think that idea of authenticity just means like show up as a multifaceted brand um, and then you'll be able to connect and resonate with Gen Z
3: in this audience in a much deeper and meaningful way. I think your point, Effie, around kind of knowing who you are as a brand before you speak to this audience is so, so important in terms of we see a lot of brands at the moment who kind of know, know that they need or want to speak to Gen Z. They know that probably they probably want to be on TikTok. Let's be honest. They're not quite sure how to do it. And the way that they approach that is by kind of purely kind of jumping on platform, kind of using content creators as their voice without establishing kind of their brand values or who they are. But before they do that, I love working with content creators. I think there's a a massive, a massive, you know, role for, for them in like so many different kind of campaign or kind of brand ecosystems. But it needs to be multifaceted to your point. That can't be the only way that you speak to this audience because again, they'll, they'll see right through it. You need to kind of be true to who you are as a brand and then work with people that align with your values rather than kind of hope that you can just adopt someone else's.
1: I also think like maybe one of the key things around like really kind of like creating content that is effective for Gen Z is like authenticity makes sense. But actually, I think a lot of it is tied to conviction of the brand. Because I think where Gen Z can see something feeling inauthentic is just the lack of confidence. And that lack of confidence comes because you're not genuine, right? Um, so like, you know, like we do a lot of things that almost contradict all the rules around kind of like, our whole thing is about subverting expectations, subverting expectations around what wellness is, subverting expectation around culture, all these, all these things. And we do that by using visual triggers and formats that are designed to, I guess, be the opposite of all the rules, all the things that people tell us we have to do. The reason it works is we could do it with unwavering confidence. And we think about we think about the insights and the behaviors, but we don't let them completely dictate what we do creatively. And I think that um, plays a part in to kind of like demonstrating that confidence.
2: I love that. I think something I'm um, I'm often seeing now is um, for Gen Z. I think something again that's a bit distinctive versus um, other generations is that they have this heightened sense of awareness of like the business side of platforms as well like yes TikTok and Twitter and YouTube are fantastic vehicles to create content and express yourselves but they are super aware that it's a business and um, for some people they make a lot of money through these platforms and brands are trying to reach this audience um, through these platforms too so I think with that heightened sense of awareness there's also a little bit of a heightened expectation that content has to be better to reach the audience, that brands should work harder. Um, But then I think also there's a respect level where brands do create um, content that goes viral or that has a really strong point of view that resonates. So I feel like it's a little bit of a virtuous cycle between Gen Z expecting brand content to be better than ever before, but then also um, really celebrating and championing content that does have a strong point of view and does like to to Stephen's point have a really strong sense of
3: conviction and confidence. What 100% I, I completely agree and it's not just about I guess a few years ago like everybody just used to talk about getting attention in the feed and you know, you've got to do this in the first 1.7 seconds and all of these kind of best practices but ultimately you know the kind of way that content is created with it being completely decentralized with kind of anybody can put their point of view out there anybody can be a content creator those are your competitors for attention as a brand it's not just about kind of making people kind of stop and look at an ad for for two seconds like brands have to work just as hard as content creators to kind of earn their place in culture and i think that you know a few years ago maybe with previous generations i think this probably started to change with millennials but there was this kind of again I guess a hierarchy in terms of kind of influence or you know publishers brands they're kind of you know well established well known they're at the top of the tree and kind of everything kind of filters down from there. And that's just been completely eradicated, which I think is super inspiring creatively, but it's also,
0: it's, it's a huge challenge. It feels to me from what you're saying is that it's there's cause for optimism for, for kind of creative people working in, in brands and agencies and so on, because... Whereas I think sort of maybe the last decade, creativity has sort of not been the first thing on brands' agenda in terms of other things over maybe data and tracking and all this kind of stuff. I mean, would you say that actually this generation is really going to demand brands to use creativity more than ever to make better and more powerful work? Uh, Stephen, what do you think?
1: I think it's always been that way, right? Like insight is valuable, only to a certain point instinct and culture is driven by creativity so you know like if you think about it like or like if you think about culture part of it is driven from the ground up but part of it is also driven by mag- like in previous generations magazines tv shows generally from creatives and generations that exist outside of the one they're trying to target. If you look at Euphoria at the moment, that's created and written by a 40 year old man. So I think I think it's always been creativity and confidence in that creativity and instinct has always been a part of it. I think somehow, sometimes with marketers, they lose the way by obsessing over details. Insight can be right one in one year and be wrong another the way that you change that insight and their behaviors by doing something subversive. I'd say like some of the biggest things that I've done, like the trash aisles or like even the launch of woo in, in some ways part of it goes against the grain of a lot of insights of what people saying, you know, what a wellness brand should look like or that this audience won't care about plastic in the ocean. I think As creatives and as marketers, we have the chance to shift that course of what people think is interesting, what people think, what people feel. And um, with that in mind, then absolutely, creativity has to be at the heart of that.
3: I completely agree. And I think that instinct is so, so important in what we do, as well as data. There's a massive role for data, but one of the things that's kind of so inspiring and exciting, you know, for me, in terms of what we're doing right now, we have a nice content studio and, you know, we can kind of, you know, spot a trend or come up with kind of a quick hypothesis on something, maybe based on a bit of data, but maybe just based on kind of gut feeling, we can kind of put together a piece of content very quickly in our studio, And then we can put it out into the world and see what the community thinks of it. It doesn't need kind of weeks and weeks and weeks of process and massive investments from a production perspective. And it can be just as impactful and it can tell you so much that you can then use to kind of shift your strategy and kind of how you move forward. So I know kind of for some people who love love the big and shiny, this kind of, I guess, new era of kind of more lo-fi or quick turnaround content can be a little bit scary. But I actually think it's super inspiring. And I don't think those two things have to be in opposition.
2: For me, I do feel like we are seeing this new age of um, positivity and optimism in terms of like where Gen Z and this new generation are taking creativity in terms of like really pushing the boundaries from an innovation perspective I feel like for maybe the past 10 years you know we saw the peak in terms of like branded content and now everything's kind of started to feel the same in terms of you know people using the same editing style or pacing or the same talent fronting content the same um, kind of music track and I feel like we've become kind of saturated in content and like Gen Z are starting to like push the boundaries of making things feel distinct again on platform and I think it's this idea of them being bounded by um, provocative optimism and so where we spoke about nihilism um, earlier um, I think what that really is is that Gen Z are just more vocal about being provocative about being critical but also being like fans and creators and innovators that they can really push the types of stories that are being told and the ways in which they're coming to life and I think that's really exciting for us as an industry because it shows that there is still so many ways for us to evolve and for creativity to continue to evolve evolve too.
0: Totally I think that's really exciting and I like provocative optimism is a is a nice way of summing it up. I think it's really interesting times. We have to leave it there, but I think this has given a really good sort of um overview of what's going on and actually maybe why some of what well, sometimes these generational brackets are quite useful, perhaps, <laughs> rather than just uh just sort of marketing terms but i'll leave it there and huge thanks to effie steven and barry for all your thoughts um and thank you to everyone who's tuned in and listened i hope you enjoyed the show as always if you did please share and like the series it does really help and hopefully you can join us next time thanks very much <laughs>